0: Happy New Year and welcome to the ninth edition of HGF's Fashionably IP podcast. My name's Rebecca Field. I'm a Chartered Trademark Attorney at IP Law Firm, HGF, and I'm joined by my colleague Lee Curtis, also a Chartered Trademark Attorney at HGF.
1: Hello and Happy New Year.
0: As you know, the Fashionably IP podcast has been developed from the success of the Fashion and IP LinkedIn group, which is run by us and now has approaching 13,000 members, including many of the leading IP council across the world, both in-house and in private practice. This podcast series finds inspiration from subjects commented on in that group. If you are not a member of the Fashion and IP group, please find it amongst the groups on LinkedIn and simply apply to join. To be clear, this podcast is not legal advice and if you have any queries on the points we have raised, please contact us directly at either rfield at hgf.com or contact Lee at alcurtis at hgf.com. This podcast concerns the issue of recycling, upcycling and resale. However, we thought we'd firstly tell you just a little bit about HGF once again.
1: So HGF, HGF is one of the leading IP firms in Europe. We have offices across the UK, the Republic of Ireland, the Netherlands, France, Germany, Austria and Switzerland. We manage the IP portfolios of many of the world's leading companies and can do all things IP, whether that is clearing your IP, registering your IP or enforcing your IP. Now back to Rebecca and fashion.
0: So in this ninth podcast and in the spirit of the new year and new beginnings or at least recycled beginnings, We're going to talk about recycling, upcycling and resale in fashion. Why is this issue an important subject in the world of fashion, Lee?
1: Well, many figures are banded about with regards to the environmental impact of the fashion industry on the world. And indeed, there is an ongoing debate about how polluting the fashion industry truly is. Some allege that the fashion industry is the second biggest polluter in the world uh, after the oil and gas industry, responsible for 1.2 billion tonnes of greenhouse gases. Others disagree. Whatever the truth, one cannot ignore the fact that the fashion brands are increasingly aware of the impact uh, of the environment. And that of recycling, upcycling and resale are key aspects of building and maintaining brands and keeping business and indeed getting business. So when talking about recycling, upcycling and resale, what do we mean? Recycling is probably the most obvious of these terms with many brands enabling the return and recycling of product into new products. Upcycling is the taking of a branded product, sold by the brand owner, and changing that product and reselling it as a new product. And finally, we have resale, with the rise of resale websites such as RealReal, which resell branded products to others. Uh, What are the consequences of all this for intellectual property law, Rebecca?
0: Well, an important principle of IP law is the so-called exhaustion of rights principle in the UK and EU, or so-called first sale doctrine in the United States. This principle states, subject to a number of small qualifications, that a brand owner, for example, cannot prevent the further trade of branded goods which have been put on the market by that brand owner or with its consent. In this way, the brand owner has so-called exhausted its trademark rights. In the EU, there are three major qualifications to that principle, though. Firstly, if the physical condition of the branded product or its packaging has in some way been degraded by the reseller. Secondly, and at least with luxury branded products, that the so-called aura of luxury has been impinged or degraded by the reseller. Now, this principle was established in the Christian Dior versus Copad case back in 2009 before the Court of Justice of the EU. Here, Christian Dior was successful in preventing the resale of genuine branded product which had been sold by it and then resold via a discounter. The third principle is that the resale of branded product from outside the European Economic Area, so the EEA, can be prevented. So how do the concepts of upcycling and resale impact the exhaustion of rights or the first sale principles? Well, upcycling potentially changes the physical condition of the branded product or its packaging. Resale also potentially impacts on the image or repute of the branded product by the way it is being resold. Brand owners may wish to prevent this from happening. However, brand owners have to balance the protection of IP with the natural environmental concerns of consumers and the tide within the industry to be more environmentally conscious as companies and also consumers. Lee, have there been any notable cases on these areas?
1: There are surprisingly few decided cases on this area of the fashion market and on the issue of upcycling However, two US cases in the world of refurbished watches provide guidelines on what is and is not allowed. In Hamilton International Limited versus Vortec LLC, the second court, Circuit Court of the US Court of Appeals, sided with Vortech LLC, a company who repurposed antique Hamilton branded watches, pocket watches. The crucial points of that case seem to be that the parts added to the Hamilton watches were minimal and Vortec were very clear as to the nature of the watches in disclaimers and the like on their website. In many ways, the court held that the branded watches as originally sold had not been fundamentally changed in nature. This case can be contrasted with the outcome of another watch case involving Rolex and Becca Time LLC. Becca Time described itself as a reselling watches, making repairs to Rolex watches and selling refurbished Rolex watches. However, here the United States District Court found in favour of Rolex, the brand owner. Why was that the case? Here it appeared that the court felt that Becker Time had too many changes to the original branded product. Although Becker Time on its website indicated the parts added were non-genuine Rolex parts, and that Becker Time was not affiliated to Rolex, and that the alterations would void the Rolex warranty, the words genuine wallet Rolex on its marketing was too prominent in the eyes of the court. So can any rules of thumb be taken from these two cases? Well, in broad terms, if it can be argued that the original branded product has not been changed to any great degree, then one can rely on the first sale principle. This would equally seem to apply in the EU with regards exhaustion of rights. Another case in this field and concerning fashion was the dispute between Chanel and the Georgia-based company, Chevron Duke, used Chanel's CC-branded button and converted them into jewellery. This case has been settled, so it will never be known how the court would have decided the case, and it's unlikely that the provisions of the settlement agreement will ever be made public. However, my personal opinion is that Shiver and Duke fundamentally changed the nature of the Chanel product concerned, and this would have fallen on the wrong side of the first sale doctrine. We also have the case of Nike successfully challenging the customization of some of its sneakers, promoted as Satan's shoes by Lil Nas. The case was possibly more straightforward as arguably such usage was clearly more detrimental to the brand than many sneaker uh, customizations. So what about resale websites, Rebecca?
0: Well, Chanel has been the main protagonist with regards brand owners challenging resale websites. Chanel has been in a long-running dispute with resale website Real Real in the US. The dispute began back in November 2018 before the New York's federal court and is still ongoing. The case, amongst other issues, concerns allegations of trademark infringement and counterfeiting. Chanel claimed that some of the Chanel branded products on sale on the Real Real website are not genuine and also that the Real Real website degrades the Chanel brand image, which of course is luxurious. The latter claim is reminiscent of the Christian Dior versus Copad case in the EU we mentioned earlier. As I mentioned before, this case is ongoing with no definitive decision. It seems what will be key will be whether the authentication that RealReal conducts on its website for genuine branded products stands up to any real examination. Also, whether a Christian Dior-type claim from the EU will succeed in the US – whose courts are maybe less open to protect luxury brands with regards resale compared to the EU courts, is all rather open to question. This case also raises some fundamental questions over how brand owners deal with upcycling and resale. Do they cooperate or do they combat? Many fashion brand owners have set up their own resale websites to attempt to control and regulate the resale of their products. Also, the image of resale in fashion is changing If one looks at another industry of high-end cars, the resale market is well established and regarded and many branded products which are resale go for a higher price than the originally sold product. This is beginning to emerge in the fashion resale market. Many brand owners are no longer fighting the resale market but enabling it and embracing it. So we are coming near the end of our podcast but are there any takeaways from this discussion, Lee?
1: I think that all these cases show is that brand owners are unlikely to succeed in challenging uh, the resale and upcycling of product which is genuine, and the fundamental condition of the product does not change. However, if the product changes in nature, then a challenge can be successfully mounted. Also, if the way the product is sold degrades the brand in some way, this may be an avenue that the brand owner can exploit. However, brand owners do have to take into account small-scale upcycling and customization, and that this is often being conducted by some of their greatest fans and that challenging such use could be counterproductive from a public relations point of view. Education in these cases may well be the best way forward.
0: We hope that you've enjoyed our ninth Fashionably IP podcast and more will follow in the months to come. Please feel free to share this podcast and also please do rate it on the various platforms. Also, feel free if you've not already done so, please listen to our previous podcasts, including our Christmas special. Thank you for listening and Happy New Year.
1: Goodbye and Happy New Year.